evidently, I struck a nerve when I was talking about firing the Blue Jays manager. Let's address that. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You don't believe me? But there's my lower third. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now. And this is my fifth season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are going to talk a little bit about the, well, my uh, discussions of whether or not the Blue Jays should fire John Schneider and some of the reactions that I got from it. And I think it's, you know, you all asked me questions and made some responses. So it's up to me to talk to you about it. Hey, by the way, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets and the lowest prices are guaranteed. That's Game Time. Follow us on LOCKEDONMLB on uh, pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And by the way, uh, still waiting to have an answer to the trivia question. So if you want me to give you a shout out, the trivia question is how many, where is it here? How many World Series MVPs are currently on the same team they won the award for? In other words, Jeremy Pena is still on the Astros. How many players who won a World Series MVP are still playing or still a uh, still a player on the team that they won the World Series MVP for. Want to get one answer for that? You'll get a shout out right here. All right, let me just talk a little bit about the fact that I Sunday recorded an emergency podcast, the one that I'm standing by, where I said that the Toronto Blue Jays were in a position where I felt that they they had to fire their manager. They had to fire their manager, and I I, I don't use hyperbole, but my points that I made on the episode that I released on Sunday, which apparently has been downloaded by a bunch of people and they've been screaming all sorts of things at me, comes down to the fact it isn't that the Blue Jays are a bad team. In fact, they have right now they have an identical record to the Minnesota Twins who are in first place in the AL Central. It's just that this was not a team that was designed and built to be a, you know, maybe we'll make the wild card series or something like that. They made some very bold moves, very bold trades, pushed a lot of chips to the center of the table to try to win right now. And it's not working. It is not working. Even though they are two games above 500, they're also in the middle of a five-game spiral, including a sweep that just happened on the at the hands of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. And today they lost six to four to the Rays. Now there's no shame in losing to the Rays. The Rays are the best team in baseball and they're playing at a seven 14 clip, but the Blue Jays have now fallen to nine and a half games out. 
And this is a team that was supposed to be uh, a big-time contender, and they're they're basically conceding the division at this point. And um, they had a walk-off win against the Atlanta Braves on Mother's Day. That was my birthday, May 14th. Thanks for the birthday wishes. At that point, they were uh, 24 and 16. That's eight games above 500. Since that point, they have lost uh, seven out of their next eight games. And they just don't even, they don't look like they're playing smart baseball. And so I made the point that I said, look it, John Schneider is not exactly the second coming of Earl Weaver. He was an interim manager who was in there last year when Charlie Montoya got the axe. And he didn't exactly uh, create a great name for himself when the Blue Jays, you know, they, they played well down the stretch, yes, but then they got bounced from the playoffs and they look like a team that could very well miss the postseason. And you don't make the moves like the Bassett trade or the Bassett signing and the Teoscar Hernandez trade and say, well, maybe we'll have an outside chance of being a wild card team. And it's early enough in the season if you give the car keys to a capable manager. I brought up Joe Madden. So I'm just reviewing what was the the point that I was making the other day. And I want to go through some of the reactions. Now, Christopher Perks, if, if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, you must forgive me, um, says, Sully, you are bang on regarding the Blue Jays manager. It's time for a change, especially with Joe Madden out there. Bang on, I, which I assume is a positive thing. Forgive me, I'm 51, uh, so I don't know all the the lingo that you you kids are saying today, but I have a feeling that bang on is a positive thing. Uh, most of my comments came on the actual YouTube link, which whoops, which uh, you were probably watching, uh, getting that right now. So let's take a look at some of the comments I got from that. Uh, David Stockman writes, no excuse for not knowing you have to replace a pitcher if you come out twice in one inning. Madden could take the Jays to the pennant, just like he did with the Cubs. And don't forget, he also did with the Jays. Uh, with a with Tampa, uh, that's in reference to the fact that he had to pull Alec Manoa because the pitching coach went out in the same inning. Schneider went out for a strategy discussion, but because that was two visits in the same inning, he had to get pulled. Um, yeah, I was just saying that's one of the yeah you know, when the manager starts making boneheaded decisions like that, and it's not a, a necessarily a good manager. Or, you know, this is, you got it. You know, I brought that up and that came up a few times. Uh, in fact, Mary T wrote regarding the uh, mound visit gate. I think he did it on purpose. Uh, Pete or Don would have uh, put him back up there. Uh, uh, Meza was throwing hard in the bullpen. They were ready to pull him. And I believe the players with fragile egos and volatile tempers is a factor. I don't buy that for one nanosecond. I don't think he was like, oh, I don't know if I could take him out. Please. Please. I'm sorry. It was it was a bonehead. It was bonehead mistakes. Um, two weeks ago, uh, this is Alan Warnock saying, two weeks ago, if you said we'd be near 500, I'd freak out. We need a hitting coach bad. Badly, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, hey, uh, Shannon Tarrant says, I agree with you 100%. My friend, and that means I have a friend up north. Um, 
now I had said that if the the Jays had been put in the central and had a natural rival with the Detroit Tigers, they'd be in good shape. Kermit Frog, not the real one, says, I disagree. Jays would be lucky to be in the central. No need for that. They're a big market team with huge payroll. They just need management more focused on winning than bar park renovations, 150 million renos, and still a mediocre bullpen. Nice usage of fan money. They want wins, not sight lines uh, and loony dog night. Well, I'll give the management. They, they made that big deal with Toronto sending away Teoscar Hernandez to bring in bullpen depth, which they clearly needed in last year's wildcard series. So I can't really uh, uh, agree with you, Kermit Frog, but, you know, I, I've always been a fan of your work. Um, then uh, uh, the pattern uh, has persisted for quite a while. Their ability to clutch hit is abysmal, just atrocious, as Sir laughs a lot. Who clearly is not laughing a lot. Um, the uh, great tune says they'll fire him and just let Mattingly take over. And the funny thing is, is that Mattingly also famously made a blunder going to the mound and for mound visits. So maybe it's in the water there. Maybe Don told him it was okay. Um, Dale says, "Come on, boy. He's come on, man. He's just a good old boy, never meaning no harm." I can't do the whole song because we'd be getting into some sort of copyright infringement with the producers of the Dukes of Hazzards. Um, uh, Mod Miscellaneous says they'll be an absolute laughing stock when they miss the playoffs this year. Yeah, they will. This is not a team designed to miss the playoffs. Uh, they need a re- uh, Tom McDonald Sr., not, not his kid, says they need a real manager, not these minor league managers. Players do not respect these impersonators. There may be something to that. Um, your uh, uh, Paul Duffy, no relation, says, you're wrong, fire Don Manley. He has John over coaching my opinion. Well, probably. Um, Kermit Frog says that it won't happen. They fired Montoya last year. It'll look like fools if they do it again. And that's, of course, the logical fallacy of the, the, the sunk cost fallacy. Just because it may look make you look bad right now, what will make you really look good is winning a freaking pennant. And then Norm Gardner had my favorite comment, when I said that John Schneider should be fired right now, he says no, that they should fire the manager right now. He said, no, they don't. And you are a fool for saying so. You may be right. You may be 100% right in saying I may be a fool for saying so. I don't know what to tell you. But, you know, it, it's not playing the game. When you're putting together a major league roster and everything like that, it's not like you're doing playing cards or doing some sort of fantasy game. By the way, do you know what an example of a very good fantasy game where you got playing cards, you have control over it? That would be so rare. So rare is our brand new sponsor. Been so happy to have them being part of the Locked On podcast family. And they are a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 Major League Baseball teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, SoRare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, competing player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards. There's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing 
to next level competitions and rewards. So rare, Major League Baseball game weeks happen twice weekly in a span of a three to four day cycle. At the end of game weeks, so rare managers who rank at or near the top of their MLB leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and a VIP experience like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup. Start competing today to win epic rewards. That's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. Um, I'm just letting you know, uh, ending of today's show, I'm going to be playing the last segment that I recorded with Miller Thomas, we were talking about some of the teams that may or may not be uh, for real contenders. Uh, we talked about some of the American League teams, specifically Texas and Baltimore. And for the final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Arizona and Pittsburgh. And by the way, give credit for both those teams. Uh, the, the Pirates today uh, had a big five-run rally. Uh, uh, Marcano hit a grand slam in the bottom of the seventh. The Pirates won six to four, and with that, and the fact that the Brewers got absolutely manhandled by the Houston Astros, that means the Pirates, despite what has been a pretty lousy few weeks for them, are back into a first place tie. And Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds is thrilled that the Reds walked off against the Cardinals, which means the Cardinals and the Reds are tied. Uh, for fourth place, and the Cubbies, who's lost the last couple, are tied, are now uh, in third place. You know, there's just, it's not a very good division, and the Pirates are back, you know, tied for first, so good for them, and they want to beat the Rangers 6-4. to four. I mentioned the Astros clobbered the Milwaukee Brewers, so with that, despite all the bad things that have happened with the Houston Astros this year, they are now in the middle of an eight-game winning streak. The defending champs have won more than a week in a row, and they are now a single game behind the uh, Texas Rangers. So, you know, all the stuff, oh, can the, are, the, are the Astros slumping this or the Astros slumping that? They're probably going to be in first place by the weekend and may not look back. You know, I, and I'm, I, I've been skeptical of Texas from the start. They had a wonderful start. And who knows? They may be a wild card contender. I don't know, and neither do you. But the Astros are going to be the best team. Uh, a couple other games of note. Uh, by the way, the uh, uh, the Guardians, who are looking to dust themselves off, got more good pitching in their 3 nothing win against the uh, White Sox. Weirdest game of the night it has to be Los Angeles and Atlanta which was just, you know, it was a, a the Braves were up 4 nothing in the first. And you would think that this would be a pitcher's duel type of game. And instead, the final score was 8-6. to six. And, you know, Freddie Freeman comes back to Atlanta, gets a big three-run homer. J.D. Martinez hits two home runs. But at the same time, you had Ronald Acuna Jr., who's having a fabulous season so far, uh, on a walk, he was on second. He was on first base. The batter walked. He goes to second base. No one was covering third, so he took third. I love, I love when stuff like that happens. Stay on your toes. Anything that increases the running game in baseball makes the game better. Absolutely makes the game better. So you know, Braves may have lost that game, 
but uh, it was at least they made it entertaining. By the way, have you noticed something? Pete Alonso uh, a few days ago hit that big three-run walk-off home run where the, the Mets got a three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game and a three-run come-from-behind walk-off home run in the 10th inning in that game against Tampa Bay. And I called it the big Pete Alonso game. And I said it would be interesting to see how that affects the Mets, how that affects them moving forward, because that could have just been a fluke, and then they went back to their losing. Or it could be a, the, the spark that energizes the team. Now, remember, they were sub-500. They were 20 and 23 when that happened, and Met fans were looking for the nearest bridge. Some of my friends are diehard Met fans. We're buying noose-making for dummies on Amazon. Since the Pete Alonso game, the Mets haven't lost. They're on a five-game winning streak. And that includes a, a series against Cleveland, a talented team, a, a cardiac kid-type situation going on in Cleveland. And so, hey, you know, good for the Mets for building a little bit of momentum there. And they are, you know, with the loss by Atlanta, they are now four and a half games out of first. So it looked like for a while that this might be a situation where the Braves were just going to, you know, pick the division up and run away with it. And at least over the last few games with the Mets on this big winning streak, they're, Announced their presence with authority, to paraphrase Bull Durham. I got to praise another team before we get to the final segment with Miller Thomas. Did you know? Now, today, the the Marlins lost. The The Miami Marlins lost to, um, who the hell did they lost to Colorado. Five to three was the final. Okay. Rockies are a pretty bad team. They're, they're brothers in the 1993 expansion. Fell to 500. They're 24 and 24. You know, they're on the outskirts of the wildcard hunt. I picked the Marlins to be a wildcard team. Here's the thing I find absolutely fascinating. Do you know what team has the single worst run differential in the National League? The Marlins. The Marlins have a negative 56 run differential. That's easy for you to say. That's a lot worse than Washington's. That's a lot worse than Colorado. That's a lot worse than Cincinnati. You know, the you know the Cardinals are seven games under 500 with a positive run differential. I didn't think that was pos- possible. But the Marlins are at even 500 with a negative 56 run differential. And I have no idea what to make of that information. None. Are they a bad team that's been super lucky in one-run games? Or are they a team that wins the games when they when the opportunity arises and when they lose it, they just get blown out? I don't know what to make of it. And do you know what? Pretty soon we're going to see. I do like the Marlins as a team. I think they're a team that's going to hang around the wild card chase. Right now, the wild card team, you know, Arizona, who, you know, won again. They've won eight of their last 10 games and they're hanging around. Hell, they're hanging around the West. But how can you have the worst run differential in baseball, or at least in the National League, and be even? That's a pretty good job by the by the Marlins right now. And by the way, 
If you're a Marlin fan, go, 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 go to those games. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, in our final segment, it's going to be the finale with Miller Thomas. We're going to be talking about National League teams that are playing better than our expectations. But right now, let's just talk a little bit about game time. You know, I like to go to games. Sometimes I plan well in advance. I'm going to the final game at the Oakland Coliseum. Although, who knows, with the way things are going with the Las Vegas uh, uh, negotiations, it may not be the last game. Watch them play the next 20 years in Oakland. Either way, I have a game for the last A's game for this year, which very well could be the final Oakland A's game ever. That's way down the line. But I also bought some last-minute tickets a few weeks ago to go see the Dodgers play the Padres. So those the process of buying long-term or short-term, I had no stress at all because I use game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They got great deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped about all the fun you're going to have. And you get the last-minute tickets, great deals, and you got to see images of the seat views. I know my tickets for the A's game, where I'm going to be sitting, and what my view is. And that's pretty cool. Although it is an A's game, so I may be able to walk to another seat. But who knows? It's the last game. Might be packed. Doesn't matter. I got my tickets. So if you are going to the game, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, concerts, whatever it is, game time's your key. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game time will credit you with a 110% of the difference. And it goes right to your phone. You don't have to be fumbling and dumbling and stumbling for emails. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, and the lowest price guaranteed. There's two teams in the National League I want to cover as we talk about teams that got off to surprising starts and we wonder whether or not they're flukes or not. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about the Cardinals' bad start and the rest of the – and now, you know, the Cardinals are off the, have won eight of their last ten. And while they're still six games under 500 as, as of this recording, they are crawling back into the race because the first-place Brewers and the second-place Pirates – have basically said, come on, there's room, get in the pool. Mm -hmm. The Pirates are two things. One of the biggest surprises of the first third of the year, they still are of a winning record at this point. The fact that I have to say that shows you what kind of slump they've been in. I also think they're one of the most entertaining teams to watch. They have incredibly likable players on that team. But you're starting to see, I mean, as of this recording, there are two games over 500. There, but still only a game out of first. Uh, what are your thoughts of this team, and are they going to be hanging around, or is this going to be like the Royals a couple of years ago that we forgot they were good in, in going into May? Yeah, if, like I like the Pirates entering the season. They were one of the teams I said maybe hit the over on their win total, but I still thought that was going to be like a mid-70 win team, like 74, yeah. 75 wins, because their pace after the month of May, because you might forget, they were 20-9 and nine after the month of May. But so far after this D-backs loss, I think they're 24-22 and 22 because after the month of May, they're, they've only won four of their last 
18 games, I believe. They're four and 14 in uh, what month are we in? May? They're four and 14 yeah. in the month, or four and 13, excuse me. Yeah. So this is a team that's been struggling. Look at their offense over the last two, three weeks. Their offensive numbers have come down in a big way. Mitch Keller has been a godsend for that team this year. Guys like Andrew McCutcheon have been playing above their skis, Connor Joes, but. You just look at some of their players and you feel like they're going to start to regress as the year progresses. Like Andrew McCutcheon at 36 years old, can he still keep up this all-star form that he's been on? I don't know. Connor Joe, 30 years old, over 800 OPS. He's looked like a stud this year. I don't think he could probably keep that up. Brian Reynolds, he's an all-star level player. He'll still be good for this team as the season progresses. But overall, you look at that lineup, I think they just got a lot of guys who are playing way better than the level that they're actually capable at. I look at their rotation after Mitch Keller. I don't think it's very strong. The bullpen has actually some solid pieces with David Bednar, who's been fantastic so far this season. Yeah, but he's been great. Yeah, so this Pirates team, I do think they can pitch. I think they could keep a lot of ball games close. I just don't think they have the offensive weapons as the season progresses. I think that offense is really starting to come down, as we've already seen. I think that's going to be the area that, be the area that really holds them back as we start to enter the postseason, the stretch run of the season, as we enter August and September. I think they're not going to be able to score enough runs. I think we're going to look at them like how we looked at the Miami Marlins the last couple of years. We're like, that team can pitch. They're frisky. They can win a game against you, but more often than not, they're probably not going to put up enough runs on the scoreboard to win enough ball games to actually make the postseason. You know, I would love to see the Pirates. Obviously, they're, you know, there is no like Juan Soto on the block this year, you know, and even Juan Soto hasn't been Juan Soto this year. No, but he might be on the block. Who knows? I, mean, I know, <laughs> but but um, you know, like a name you hear, someone like Will Myers, who's not exactly you know, there, no one's getting ready to have Will Myers rehearse his Cooperstown speech, but you know, could he gets he can be a streaky hitter. I just would love to see the Pirates acquire one professional bat in the middle of that lineup because you just see, <coughs> excuse me, you see their their offense just goes right into the toilet, and it's it's you know, you see like you know Mitch Keller pitched a wonderful game the other day, and you know then one bad inning from the bullpen and you just knew the Pirates weren't going to come back, mm-hmm. and you know you you just felt if you have one solid professional hitter in that lineup that they'll be able to avoid some of that. But, you know, here we are. I'd love them to make that trade sooner rather than later. Yeah, and there's some interesting guys who are going to be free agents this upcoming season that maybe you could get a little rental for the next few months. Maybe like a Rowdy Telez who is not like some sexy superstar but can definitely hit some bombs for you in the middle of your lineup. Maybe yeah. someone, I don't even know, Brandon Lowe has a club option for this year. Tampa Bay, they don't like to re-sign their players to big contracts. Willie Adamas is going to be a free agent after this year. So there's like some interesting above average major leaguers who are not all-stars or maybe borderline all-stars like a Willie Adamas. You could definitely get for the cheap and not have to break your whole prospect farm system up to go inquire them. No, and I'm not even talking about like, you know, trading away top blue chippers, but maybe a a mid-tier yeah. prospect you can let go of to just get one or two more professional hitters in that lineup. I mean, it just seems like by the time you get past, you know, the top three or four, it just seems like, you know, it just seems like easy out after easy out. And it just puts too much pressure on the Reynolds and everyone like that, and you know, at the top of the lineup. All right, well, look, I got one more we got to do. All right. And you know what team it is. What team is it? Who Let's is see. It? Who do we have here as our guest today? Every one of their 
everyone and their cow thought it was going to be a Dodger San Diego Padres rumble mm-hmm. in 2023. Well, the Padres have been thankful they're in a division with the Colorado Rockies, so they don't look up as a last place team. Um, but the D backs, yes. Uh, now the Dodgers have indeed passed them, but there's only one game separates Los Angeles and Arizona in the loss column. Uh, the D-backs have been playing above their their expectations. Um, and what do you think about this team? You know, is this a good Diamondbacks team, or is this a team that has taking advantage of a you know the Padres off to the bad start and just you know slid right into second place? I mean, I think it is a good D-backs team. I think they definitely have some flaws and areas on this team that they need to improve on, like some more rotation depth after Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly. Hopefully, Zach Davies can help some of those issues. But in terms of what this D-backs team can actually do on the field, like they're one of the highest-scoring teams in the National League. They have the third-best record. They're one of the fastest teams in baseball. They play one of the, they have one of the best defenses in baseball. So this team just plays pretty good baseball. They don't strike out a lot. Maybe you want to see them draw a few more walks, but they're one of the lowest strikeout teams in Major league baseball they steal a ton of bases they're great at taking extra bases they are one of the highest run scoring teams in major league baseball because they are super clutch at runners scoring position they're basically the anti-padres they're very fast and they come through in the clutch and they play great defense a couple things that the padres don't do their rotation after zach allen merrill kelly falls off a little bit because it's a lot of youth the bullpen has they could use some upgrades as well. But overall, this overall team is very good. I don't think they're ready for a World Series or anything like that. But the front office has talked about a sense of urgency. We saw it when they let go and DFA Madison Bumgarner. Like, we're not going to put players on the field that are not helping this team. They sent down Alec Thomas who was the number two prospect in the organization a couple years ago. He's been struggling the whole year. They sent him down. Jake McCarthy, who was a revelation for the D-backs last season. They sent him down after like three weeks because he wasn't getting it done. And now they called up Dominic Fletcher, another rookie outfielder, who has been phenomenal so far for this D-backs team and is top five in the FanDuel Rookie of the Year odds voting, of course, behind Corbin Carroll, who should be the favorite to win the NL Rookie of the Year. So this team is talented. They're balanced. They got young talent like Corbin Carroll and the Fletchers. They got veterans like the Martes and the Christian Walkers. you got studs in your rotation with the Gallon Merrill Kellys. And I think they have enough stars at different positions with really solid depth where this team could actually make some noise. Do I think they can make a World Series? Probably not, but could they win a round or maybe two? I definitely think that's in the cards for the D-backs this year. I think of the surprise teams, I think they are the best, the one that has the best chance. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that because you're on this podcast hey. with me. Um, I like that they, they have two solid pitchers at the top, but you're right. The, the type of game that they play that, that is that very aggressive style puts people on their mm-hmm. heels. Uh, I think they'll steal a few wins that you're not expecting, but I also think that they can take advantage of the fact that the central is a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing Philadelphia, you know, you know, they're not off to the start that you would think they'd be and, and really take advantage of San Diego doesn't get their act together. I, I honestly, you know, the way that they've been playing um, and the it's not just they've it's not just that they've had a uh, uh, a couple of players having like MVP caliber season that are that are carrying them, but rather it is a uh, it is a style of play. It's almost like an organizational shift for this team and they're playing smart baseball. 
They're playing good fundamental baseball. They're playing. They're not giving away outs. They're not. They're they're forcing teams to make the throw. And for that reason, I I think that of all the surprise teams, I think the Diamondbacks. Uh, do I think Los Angeles is going to beat them? Yeah, I do. I think LA is a better team That's overall. <laughs> but uh, if you wake up and if I saw the Diamondbacks finish this year with 92 wins, the way that they're playing, that wouldn't stun me right now. Yeah, which and is not the year you thought we were going to have this year with the D-backs. Definitely not. I was hoping, you know, my, maybe a 500 season. I thought that would have mm-hmm. been very successful. But I, I, mean, I thought that, yeah, I didn't, again, I mean, it's not funny, but I thought this was going to be a 500 team because they had decent pitching, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't think they had any of the talent to, to score runs. Yeah, I didn't think, I thought, yeah, I thought offense was going to be a struggle. If you told me 81 and 81 was going to be their final record entering the season, I would have definitely signed up for that. But now my expectations might be a little bit higher because a good mark of a team I think they could use for the D-backs, they don't mess around with these series. Like when they play the Oaklands and the Pirates of the world, these lowlier baseball teams, they take two out of three. They don't lose to bad teams. And they've only lost... They've lost three series this year, but only to two teams. The San Diego Padres, who always have the D-backs number. It doesn't matter what their record is. They just seem to own the D-backs. Then the Miami Marlins, who are not a great team, but they are above 500. So yeah, it's like, team. yeah, the so Marlins, they're solid. Marlins have talent. The Marlins have a lot yeah. of talent on that team. Yeah. Marlins have talent. I don't think they're a playoff team, but they definitely have talent. So it's like when you've only lost to two teams the whole year and we're 40, 50 games into this. I mean, I don't know, maybe 50 games into this, maybe more. I don't know. Entering that one third mark, as we talked about, like the D-backs don't play around with their food. They take two out of three, at least from every series. And they've only lost three series the entire year. to only two teams. I like this D-back squad a lot. And I think come the deadline, they will be buyers. I think this is a team that will try to go out there and upgrade and maybe add not a star, but at least a solid veteran in that rotation and still try to add another bullpen guy because you can never have enough relievers in the back end of your bullpen, especially guys that could throw hard. So I think the D-backs are going to go out there and actually take this season seriously and actually build a contender as the best they can, at least for 2023. You're building a contender right now. Let's wrap this up here. Uh, Miller Thomas, where can people find you? Follow me on social media at creatorthomas24 or look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram in the little search bar. We're on all your podcasting platforms, of course, and we're on YouTube. When you search up Locked on Dimebacks, please hit subscribe on there. And you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about the Diamondbacks and the Pirates and some surprising contenders who's for real, who's not. This has been a Locked On MLB Diamondbacks and Locked On MLB crossover. He's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal, Sully. Let's fist pump for another week. Boom.